You are listening to the Chasing PRs podcast. And today we talk all about hamstring injuries. We're going to talk about the most common hamstring injuries, common causes, and the best treatment tips to try to avoid them and fix them. Stay tuned. Hi, we are your hosts, Rochelle Weeks and Diego Alcubierre. And with over 20 years of combined experience in coaching and physiotherapy, we created this podcast to help everyday runners who want to make the most out of their training and achieve new personal records while managing work, family, and life outside running. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of Chasing PRs. I am Diego. And I'm Rochelle. And today we are keep, we are to keep going into injuries. Yes. I think that's very important. We already did feet and ankles. We already did uh, knee injuries last week. And today we're doing... Hamstring. Hamstring. It's, it's, not, it's common on runners. Not that much. Or... It, it's interesting. The tendon side of things okay. is common on runners who do a lot of speed or uphill stem. Okay. You know the classic, like, someone's sprinting and they grab their hamstring, like Damian Warner in the uh, decathlon at the World Athletic Championships last year? Yep. I can't remember which event it was. I think it was the first sprint. And he's sprinting and he just brings up solid and drops and he's got his hand on his hamstring. That's a hamstring tear. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen a long-distance runner with one of those. That's what it, my expression. A marathon runner that doesn't do a lot of speed work. Yeah. Because I've never seen a... I've seen knee injuries, ankles stuff like that, or feet, but it's never like, oh, I suffer for, from chronic hamstring injuries. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not that common. It's not like the hamstring tears, unless you're a sprinter, they're not common. Okay. Um, I saw two people with hamstring issues today that are long-distance runners. Okay. One, it's more in the tendon, and one, it's more in the muscle belly. But they're not torn. They're just, there's a tendinopathy there and a bit of a strain in the muscle. Okay. But not like a aggressive tear. Cool. We're going to yeah. talk all about hamstring today. Yeah. Uh, but let's start talking about our week of training. Mm -hmm. You told us last week that your hamstring, <laughs> it's injured. Yeah. Uh, how's the week going? It's settling. The part that's up by my sit bone is gone. Okay. Um, I tried a little bit of a run on Wednesday and I didn't try to do it, but I think I was nervous about running. It didn't hurt during the run, but I think I ran with a bit of a stiff leg. So now I kind of feel it behind the knee a little bit. Yeah. So I'm going to let that settle and then i'm going to wales okay on the 20th 21st so that'll be time for it to settle because we're going to do some hiking but maybe not as much trail running as we had planned but after you come back from wales it's going to be pretty much three weeks into mm -hmm. your marathon training yeah are you thinking of changing something or I'm how are you gonna, approaching that i'm probably going to change my goal no. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I, I told but our only friend, three weeks. It's I, think... I know. I needed I wanted to do three nineteen fifty nine. Yeah. I wanted to go into three twenty. Okay. And I think I can do that, but I need a solid build. I need a really good sixteen week build. And I'm probably gonna be able to get back to running consistently within the next couple of weeks, but I don't know when I'm gonna be able to introduce speed. Okay. So it might be all five thirty, five forty five pace stuff. So if I can't introduce speed until like end of July, then I've got like August and September to do speed and I'm going to lose a little bit of my speed because I won't have done it in so long. So I'm not deciding yet, but That's what I've given up on the like, 
I was going being to say obsessed that it, with 320, but I might. It's too early to yeah, change your... I won't... I'm not going to give up on it completely. Okay. But we'll see. I, I'm leaving it up in the air. I think it's too early to yeah, tell. We'll see. Maybe mid-July and the beginning of August, you can assess better. Yeah. Because maybe, I don't know, it happened to me and I've seen a lot of professional athletes that are injured or that are, are sick and they have like these, they, they need to rest because they need to rest, right? Mm -hmm. It's not that something they, they chose to. Uh, and they perform amazingly. Yeah. So maybe this will give all of your body time to reset, to uh, because you ran the World Marathon and then uh, the Ottawa Race Week Health Marathon, yeah. and you, you've been active, right? You, so maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I think My it's, body needs time. I think it's too early, and maybe you are in the middle of August, and I feel fast, I'm running yeah. my 30K runs, and... Um, I think it's a like mental thing. Like I, it's something I, that I I'm know. doing to protect m my thoughts. Because if I'm like, if I get over the fact that maybe 320 can't happen right now, but then in August, I'm like, oh, it'd feel really good. And then it put, gets put back on the table. That'll be really exciting. Okay. Whereas if I'm like, I don't care, I'm doing 320 no matter what. And then the third week of August comes and I'm like, there's no way I can do 320. And then I'm all upset because it's soon. I feel for me, my personality, I'm better to deal with it now. I did okay. the same thing for Boston, the half. Yep. So halfway through the summer, I'm like, I'm going to do that half marathon, but it's probably not going to go well because I've missed my beginning of training was so crappy. And then one month out, I was like, I think I might be able to PB this. Like, okay. I, don't, I might be able to That's run That's your fastest. way of coping with these things. Yeah. Like, I won't put it off the table and never put it back on again. But it's like mentally, it helps me to not be rigid with it right now, just in case it can't happen. Yeah. I'll get over it better. I think it's very interesting uh, to see different perspectives of how people approach it mentally. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you are well-trained, the difference between achieving your PR or no, I think 90% of it during a race is mentally, right? Yeah. I remember a few, a few, like 10, 12 years ago, I got into golfing. It was like a two-month thing because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> Maybe you could be amazing at it if you stuck with it. <laughs> but. <laughs> You'll never know. You know, I, I, I obsess with things. So I read books and I yeah. follow everyone on Twitter. And, and at one point, I was following a Tiger Woods coach. And on a Tiger Woods book said, like, golf is 90% mentally. I could see that. And I wrote to him on Twitter. What do you think about this quote? And he told me, I think it's true when you have the proper mechanics. Yes. Right? Because if your mechanics are poor, if your golf swing is terrible, it doesn't matter if you have 100% confidence in yourself, it's going to be shitty. Yeah. But if you already have these good mechanics, good swing, whatever, being a good golfer or a great golfer or a bad golfer goes into mentality. So I think that can apply to, to running. I see so many runners with great training, with great pacing that the day before or hours before the race is, no, I can do it. Mm -hmm. It's too hard. It's, and it's, it, it's going to be hard, but uh, I think mentality takes a big part of it. And my point is that you are dealing this way with it. I will de deal with it completely different. Yeah. Right? My approach will be, I'm going to do everything I can to go and hit those, that 320. And in, if I can't, I know I did everything I mm -hmm. did. So I think it's really interesting. Every, 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 everyone is different. Yeah. And I uh, might still end up there. I won't be like in August. No, but the beginning didn't start, so I can't do it all. Yeah. I might just change my mind. No, but it, it, but it worked for you. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going to train for this. And if 
things go right, I can change. In my case, I will be, I, I prefer to do everything in my power. Maybe I won't achieve it, but I, I can go to a race knowing that I did everything mm -hmm. I could. I think in my case, if I, if I start thinking, okay, instead of 320, I'm going to go 325. I'm going to start training that way. Even maybe it's unconsciously, but in my, if, if I set off 325 in my mind, I'm going to start my pacing, my strength training, or one day if I'm not feeling well, instead of, okay, I'm going to go and push it. Now I'm going to stay home. And that little, those little things start to affect uh, my training. So yeah, that's what I asked you about your mental part of it. And I think yeah. it's super interesting. And it's hard looking like I've got this lovely Google Doc program. And I'm just watching all these runs go by that I'm not doing. And it's hard. that gets in your head a little bit. Yeah, for sure. It's like putting an X through. Didn't do that one. Didn't do that one. Yeah. Didn't do that long run. And a lot of it's people. I saw, you know, and people, if, if people are used to listen to us, I hate social media. <laughs> yeah. And uh, long runs. And long runs, yes. <laughs> and avocados. And avocados. <laughs> oh, I hate so much things. <laughs> um, but I saw a few months ago these like graphs. And it, it was like, your training plan going perfectly. And it was like, I don't know, 90 stripes. Yeah. And your training plan with that two runs you missed. And it was 88. I like that one. Yeah. I hated it. Because, you hated it? Yeah. Oh, I loved it. I hated it because no one talks about that mental stress of those two things that you didn't do. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think they affect your next workouts so it's okay if i if i'm gonna do 90 workouts and i do 88 physically i don't think that if there's gonna be much difference right but mentally you're gonna be stressed because you missed that one maybe and that that's like a waterfall effect on on other, the other trainings maybe you're gonna go too fast in the next one or maybe you don't you didn't uh sleep well because you were stressed or you the oh i'm gonna do two more uh, deadlifts just to try to make up of it. And that's when you get injured. So physically, and I, it looks beautifully, but I think if you're thinking the consequences about that, mentally, it can wreck you. And you just say like, you're just, okay, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. And that's, that's the other side of the coin. That's why I hate social media because they usually just present one side of the coin of everything. And it sometimes it makes huge sense, right? And that's what, it, what we're going to talk about in the Chasing Screens right now. You read quotes, you read strength training programs for, from runners or, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. But it's just one side of the coin. So with that, let's go into Chasing Sprints. How was your week? How was your week? Yeah, your week. You didn't <laughs> run last week. Uh, no, thank you. Very you much. took a week off. <laughs> <laughs> no, my week is going normal. I haven't done strength training. Because uh, I have too much work right now. It's uh, so I'm, I'm I'm doing my my runs, and uh, but I'm not doing any strength training. Mm -hmm. So I usually strength train on Mondays and Fridays, and I'm not doing anything Mondays and Fridays. I'm just working, 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 yeah. working. But uh, during the weekend, I'm gonna be away, so I'm not gonna be able to run Saturday and Sunday. So last Thursday, I changed my speed work for a long run. That went terribly wrong. Yeah. Oh, no. Yes. I was planning on doing 18 kilometers. Well, one hour and 30 minutes. And I ended up running just 14K. I was feeling super shitty. I started to, to feel like I was like sweating cold, like I was getting a cold. Uh, I ended up walking 4K back home. Uh, 
but uh, I don't know what to make hmm. of, of this. And did you get sick afterwards no. or anything? No. No. So, uh, yeah, but other than that, I'm build, starting to build my latch. I'm doing my VVO to max workouts on Tuesday. That's like my religion. I don't yeah. miss those ones uh, for anything. Uh, last Tuesday, I think I went outside my house like 8.30 at night. Luckily, right now in summer, it's still... Oh, we so have nice. daylight. Yeah, we're almost up to the longest day of the year next yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's downwards for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so far, so good. I, I can pull, clean up things like doing my strength training. And um, but yeah, so far, I think the, ver the first two weeks, just like you, are not perfect, mm -hmm. but we're... They're working. Yeah, we're working. Yeah, so far. <laughs> I'm not injured, so that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a positive. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about chasing sprints. We talked about in last week, chasing athlete of the week was Jacob Inger Brixton. Hopefully, I didn't. Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. Um, that he broke the two mile record. And so I've been seeing in social media again tons and tons of quotes and how he trains and comparing him to that or that or that runner. And you have a quote that you really liked, but when we talk about it, it as I just mentioned, one side mm -hmm. of the coin. So do you want to read the quote? Do you have it? Yeah, yeah, I like it. So, but you do have to dissect it a little bit, I yeah. think. One of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make is that they go too hard in training. I'm never running faster in, comp in training than in competition because I want the competition to be number one. Yeah. And we both are subscribed to a newsletter of runners that compared that quote to what Elliot Kipchoge said a few years ago or a few months ago that he also don't go 100% during training. Yeah. I think that it, the, the quote, it's a good, it's good advice, right? As long as you understand the backstory or the consequences of it. Because part of the quote is, I never go as fast, I never train as fast as I compete. Yeah. If you look at Elliot Kipchoge, he's doing, what does he do? What's his pace for his best marathon? Like just under three yeah, minutes so, per kilometer. Yeah. He's, definitely running faster than that in training if he's doing intervals short intervals yeah, yeah. i think the point is here is that in this case of Je jackal i love that <laughs> uh it's uh i guess he's he's never run a two mile faster than yeah that day it's over that it does that doesn't mean that he's not running 400 meters way faster than that or 100 meter repeats or whatever so that's the only thing I, we wanted to put our two cents into that mm -hmm. it's like yes if you train faster than you should you can you can get injured we're going to talk about Richelle just talked about it during the the first part of the podcast it's like hamstring injuries are because you're running fast a lot mm -hmm. of them we're going to talk about in depth about it so um just just be, make sure of that and for example one of the biggest things about the famous six minute test now it's famous you know there's a lot of people doing a, it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it on social media because of the podcast, and I love that. Yeah. One of the main, not one of the main, one of the goals of that test is to give you a pace, right? Your, VV, your VVO2 max pace, like the velocity or the speed when you achieve VO2 max. And the concept is that if you go faster than that, you're just running faster and wasting energy because you already achieved your VO2 max. Mm -hmm. So I think that applies really good to the, to the Jacob Ingerbristen quote, like you don't need to run faster than you need to run. Yeah. That doesn't mean that if you want to run faster, you need to train fast. Right. Yeah. There's a point where faster doesn't help. 
But yeah. I think it's if you have a workout that's like, say you're doing 10 400 meter sprints, and by the end of the 10 fours, you are done and there's not a single, a single one you could have ran faster. You max effort. You're not supposed to do that yeah, exactly. every week. That's yeah. like max effort. You save that for race day. And that compromises your recovery and yeah. you, you can do your long run or your next workout yeah, correctly. Because if you do that on a third, say you do it on a Tuesday and then you have speed Thursday and a long run Saturday. How is that setting up your week when you just maxed out your effort on, on a Tuesday? Tuesday. Yeah. But if you have a 5K race and you do that, usually you take it easy after the 5K race. You take a couple of days off, maybe more. You run easy for a bit. So you've got time to recover. So it's like save the max efforts for race day. That doesn't mean that you don't run faster than yeah. your race pace during training. It's just you're not running 5K or a marathon or a tour or a two-mile run. It's just it's speed or intervals. You have rest and you have the, um, the right pace to, to do it. Yeah. For, for example, now that I and you and other friends did the six-minute test, I was chatting with, with one of our friends, Jeff, and he did his first 30 by 30 seconds on Tuesday. And he told me, wait, I, I went, I went too faster, too fast, right? His four, his six minute test pace was 344, mm -hmm. if I remember correctly. And he was running the, the first 30 seconds intervals. He was running at 327. He just felt good and he was crushing it. And he wrote me, I know I was running too fast and I need to scale down. And I think that's a great example of you are running too fast. That doesn't mean mm -hmm. Jeff's goal of the 5K is around four minutes per kilometer. So he's training faster than his 5K, but he's doing, doing it uh, inside his capabilities and not faster than he needs to do. Yeah. Right? Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, let's go to the episode. So we're going to talk about hamstring injuries. Mm -hmm. And we're going to start talking about the main the most common hamstring injuries. Mm -hmm. What are those? I think probably the most common is behind the knee. So the hamstring is the muscle down the back of your thigh. And it starts, there's a tendon up at your sit bone. There's tendons at the back of the knee. And then the muscle itself is not in the middle. It takes up most of the back of the thigh. Tendons just attach the muscle down onto the bone. Okay. So at the back of the knee, the hamstring tendons, because there's three of them, come down and attach at the back of the knee on the bones there. Okay. So there's, that's a distal hamstring tendonitis. And then there's proximal hamstring tendonitis, which is the one I have. Distal is like far away and proximal yeah. is like close. Yeah, right? you got it. So proximal is like more up towards your head Yep. In, in anatomy. So proximal hamstring tendon is where the tendon attaches on your sit bone. Yeah. So that can often be, you know, there's pain if you sit too long and there's pain if you bend over with the legs straight, that sort of thing. Um, and then there's the muscle belly, which in sprinters, you'll see them grab the back of their muscle and drop when they're sprinting because it's torn. In runners, there might just be a bit of a hamstring strain or like overuse injury there, but it's not, it's not a big tear, but the muscle is injured as opposed to the tendon. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So those are the three most common injuries. Yeah. What are the most common that you see? I, lately, I've been seeing a lot of the proximal hamstring okay. tendonitis. I think it's because when you start to specialize in something, you start, like people start coming to you when they've tried a bunch of things and it didn't work. Okay. And then they see that you specialize in it and they're like, well, I'll go try this person. So sometimes I've seen people who have seen a lot of other 
healthcare professionals. And this is a very much a running injury. Like most of the people that get proximal ham hamstring tendonitis are runners. Okay. So if you're not a running physio, you can miss it. And I definitely missed a bunch of these in my first years as a physio for sure. It, that like will always bother me. <laughs> um, but now I'm seeing them more and more because they come in diagnosed as like referrals from the back, sciatica, piriformis syndrome. Yep. And then I do the tests on them and ask them a bunch of questions and it's the proximal hamstring tendon. So I think I'm seeing, it's just, I've seen a ton of those last six months. Really? Yeah. Do you think it has something to do with the weather? No, it's more to do with a combination of adding in speed hills and then if people sit a lot. Okay. So I think there's a lot of people doing desk jobs out there. So they're sitting a ton, especially people working from home. They might sit more than they used to before COVID. And so there's just a lot of pressure on that tendon. And then they go out and do a bunch of speed and hills. And yeah. Yeah. That's the number one thing. I had this injury right before Boston, the injury. I had. Yeah. And you mentioned you need to stop sitting <laughs> yeah yeah and you were sitting a lot so it was like yeah, okay you need I, to i sit a lot so yeah. yeah i put some boxes of shoes on my desk and try to do a stand-up desk there yeah that and, works uh, yeah at the end of the day i was able to run boston yeah with pain but i was able to run and you ran yeah you ran it well yeah yeah okay so what are the most common causes so i always say too much too soon same with the foot and the ankle and the knee and any running injury um but with the hamstring in particular it's not as much about volume and frequency going up too quickly, it's more about introducing speed and hill work too aggressively. So the hamstring actually doesn't work that hard when you're running really slowly, like an easy pace or recovery run. It works harder when you do tempo and then even harder when you do quicker intervals. So speed and then running uphill, the hamstrings activation increases big time. So in some way, this is what this one is the, the fastest one to know if you are going too much or too soon or too fast compared compared to the knee or, or the ankle because the knee on the ankle can be volume, speed, heels that can be a, like a lot a lot of yeah. different factors yes, and in this case it's in this case it's just not just what speed and yeah. heels are probably the ones that you are starting to do too much or too soon or too fast. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Unless it so in my case, so too too much speed, too much hill work. When I first did this, I was doing too much high hamstring loading exercises. So I really enjoy Bulgarian split squats and front squats and deadlifts. And I like going deep into the into the positions. Like if I'm doing um, a front squat, I'm going as deep as I comfortably can and back up again. So these movements really get the top of the hamstring. And I like lifting heavy. Yep. So I'm you know doing a front squat with over 100 pounds and I'm doing deadlifts with like my body weight. So when I was doing this before, like over a year ago, It was totally from strength training that I injured myself. It, for me, it wasn't speed and hills. And that, that, that's the next common cause. Yeah. Right? Uh, sudden increase in the hamstring loading with strength work. Yeah. And with the upper hamstring, like up by your sit bone, it's going to be lunges, deep squats, deadlifts, step mm. ups onto a high step. Um, I've seen a couple of people. One person I see isn't even runner. She just goes to the gym, does a lot of CrossFit and strength training. And okay. that's how she got it from doing that kind of loading. Okay. Uh, what else, what else can cause pain in the hamstring? Definitely if the cadence is low. So the, the hamstring's main job, when you swing the leg forward to take a step, that's called the swing phase. Like when the foot's in the air and you're bringing it forward. Okay. When you do that, your hamstring's job is to slow the leg down so that it can make contact with the ground. Okay. So the hip flexors and quads start to pull the leg forward and then the hamstring 
works eccentrically. So it like lengthens slowly and then your foot hits the ground. So if you're overstriding because you have a low cadence, as soon as your foot gets past your hip, your hamstring's working in a lengthened position and it's weak in that position. So if you're really reaching out, it just works way harder to slow the leg down because the foot's way out in front of your body. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I also remember one of the key things you mentioned to me was uh, don't sit and increase your cadence. Yeah. So the day before Boston, I did a shakeout run and I focused on my cadence like crazy. I think I looked stupid maybe. <laughs> 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 like, what is this guy doing here? Yeah. He can't run Boston. But like I focus, but I focus <sighs> on that, and I felt my hamstring way less than in previous in previous yeah. days, and I applied that to Boston. Obviously, at the middle of the marathon, I forgot about everything. Yeah. And, you're just hurting at uh, that point. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I focused on my cadence, and I think a combination of a, a combination of a lot of things helped. Like uh, some, I, I did tons of things. You helped me with yeah. tons of things. Uh, but yeah, increasing your cadence is really. It was like, I could feel the difference from one workout to the to the next mm -hmm. one, just increasing my cadence. And I don't have a low cadence. I just increase it more. Yeah, you were already <laughs> pretty high. I had someone on the treadmill yesterday with hamstring issues, and he got on and his cadence was really low, 160. Okay. Very much overstriding. And he's like, yeah, I feel my hamstring. I was almost like, oh, good. <laughs> I want to see what happens if we increase your cadence. So I got him off and explained to him what I wanted him to do. And the higher we got his cadence, the more the hamstring settled cool. to the point that once he hit 180, which is a big jump. So I didn't send him away with 180, but we just tried it. He was like, I don't feel my hamstring at all. Cool. So it, it, you have it a can strategy make a big, right now, yeah. Yeah, it can make a big difference. And the last one, it's weakness. Yeah, the hamstring, we're, we're definitely all weaker in our hamstrings than our quads as runners. Mm -hmm. So we do strength testing with force plates here at the clinic and everybody's stronger in their quads than their hamstrings because we use our quads a lot more when we're running. Um, but it's when the hamstrings are really weak. Same with the glutes. So our posterior chain is our glute max on our hamstring. If that's weak and suddenly you add in speed and hills and the muscle's just not strong enough for you, for you to be doing those things, it gets to a breaking point and then the muscle or the tendons start to get grumpy with you. So it's not just weakness in your hamstring. It's also your glute. Yeah, the glute. It's an interesting thing because sometimes I'll send someone into the gym with the strength coaches to test and their hamstrings actually aren't that bad, but their glute max is not good. Okay. And they work together in the running cycle to slow down the forward leg and, and to propel backwards. So you can imagine if the glute's not functioning, the hamstring's going to have to compensate and, and work harder. So sometimes the treatment isn't just strengthen your hamstrings because they might be overworking and strong already, it's strength and glute max. And sometimes even the calves. So if the calves and glute max are weak, the hamstrings just sandwich between these two okay. lazy muscles and they need to be stronger and then the hamstring can kind of be offloaded and calm down a bit. Yeah, and I think it's really important. We talked about last week about the finding the underlying cause of your injuries. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I think it's really interesting that maybe it's nothing to do with your hamstring. Mm -hmm. It's weakness in your calves or weakness in your max glute. So that's why it's important to get advice from someone that runs and have a lot of experience in running. Because if not, they can they easily go to, oh no, it's your hamstring, well, you need to do this, 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 this. You go do it mm -hmm. and it's still hurting. Yeah. And okay, and you, you they don't think like, what else can be, right? Mm -hmm. So and there and there's situations where people have seen, you know, 
had 20, 30, 40 sessions and they're getting their hamstring dry needled and massaged and worked and strengthened and they're doing all these things, but they have a really low cadence and a really weak glute max and calf. So no matter how much you massage and strengthen that hamstring, you're not addressing the root cause of the exactly. injury. So you have to you have to kind of take a step back sometimes and look above and below. Okay. Yeah. So um, what are the most common treatment tips? Obviously, if you have like a chronic thing, go see someone. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's if it's nagging you and it's at the, like a first one, uh, what can people do? We already talked about cadence. Yeah. Increasing your cadence gradually. And uh, do you think one tip would be just to, like you just mentioned, go really fast to see if that settles and then just build a plan to build your cadence? Yeah. Like if you're at 160, I wouldn't suggest jumping to 180 because no. then you use your calves and your feet differently and they'll get really tired. But a five to 7% increase would be okay. Yeah. So you can calculate your cadence and then, you know, add 5% to that. Um, usually what I do, my main goal when people come in is always to see if I can get them running right away. Because mm -hmm. I know if I can't run, I'm, I'm not a very happy person. So if they come in and it's hurting to walk, then I'm not going to get them to run. But if they're like, you know, it hurts after I do track on Thursday and it hurts after I do hills on Tuesday, but my long run and my easy runs are fine. Or they might say, you know, I can do my long run, but after 14K, it's sore. So I might say, okay, what happens if we get you running flat, easy, take away the hills, take away the speed, and then the only variable left is distance. So if they go do 10K, how does the hamstring feel during, and then how does it feel the next day? So if you go do 10K and then the next day your symptoms are worse, it was too much. But if you scale back to like eight, seven, and it's okay, then you stay there. Okay. And, and then, that's better than nothing, right? It, oh, I yes. wanted to do 20 and I'm only doing seven. That's better than not running. Yeah, I was having this conversation with the runner last night because you can say, okay, I'm going to take six weeks off. I'm going to really let this settle. And It never does. And tendons <laughs> actually need loading to yeah, heal. it never does. They need to be loaded. So you take those six weeks off, get back into running again, and the pain's right back. And I, then you're pissed off because you so just took six weeks. That's so frustrating. Yeah, it's super. I, I've been there that, okay, no, especially with my Achilles when I had a lot of Achilles issues. Okay, I'm going to rest one month. And you come back, but it's still hurting. It's yeah. so annoying. And then you get people who are like, well, screw that. Rest doesn't help. I'm going to do all the running I want. And then they get their injury. That's really the opposite. Bad. Yeah. You, yeah. Go to, you don't need to go to any extreme. Yeah. So you kind of find the middle ground. Exactly. Like get rid of the speed, get rid of the hills, find a distance that your hamstring lets you run and it's not worse the next day. If you feel it at the beginning of the run and then it warms up, that's fine as long as it's not worse the next day. And then... That's the big thing. That's what runners want to know right away. Can I still run? And then I try to up their cadence. And then we need to strengthen up the hamstring. And it really depends on where it is. Uh, yeah. This is this is big. So if it's up by your butt, if it's up by your sit bone, you don't want to start with deadlifts, lunges, deep squats, step ups. That's too eccentric. Too ones. targeted. Yeah, you want to do the knee dominant stuff. So like an eccentric hamstring curl with the ball or a towel under your feet lying on your back. Um, or a prone hamstring curl with a little mini band around your feet. So you lay on your belly and pull your heel to your bum. Yep. Those, your hip's not really doing anything, but you're that down at the back of the knee is working hard. So you're still targeting the hamstring, but more the bottom part. Um, vice versa, opposite if you've got pain at the back of the knee. Then you could actually start with some deadlifts and some step-ups and some deeper squats. You wouldn't want to do the the hamstring curls because that will just target it too much. Okay. Right now with my hamstring, 
I ran a little bit funny, so now I feel it down at the back of the knee. And now I'm like, well, now I can't do anything. <laughs> it's the back of the knee and up by the butt. And I'm kind of, so I'm just going to let it rest. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we have a very different thing to say. This has nothing to do with shoes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, you're not talking about shoes and K and heel drop. No. Yeah. If it's about nothing. the hamstring, there's it, it doesn't matter if you get more cushioned shoes, if you increase your heel to toe mm -hmm. ratio or millimeters, if you decrease it, hamstring doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's not a, a low-hanging fruit, as we say, to go after the shoes. Maybe if you've got like a crazy high heel toe drop, so it makes you overstride, but really just fix your cadence. You don't need to get new shoes, just up your cadence, you'll be fine. You don't need to get your shoes, but you want to get I know, shoes. <laughs> everybody wants to. It's such a nice, it, two birds with one stone. You get to go shopping and then you think your injury is going to be fixed, yeah. but it's not often the case. I was talking to an, a runner I'm helping for a half marathon the other day, and she was like, oh, I need a new watch, right? And we were researching uh, the new six, no, 965 that has the AMOLED screen and it's beautiful, but she has a really good watch. And I was like, you don't really need it. I, I know, I know, I know I don't need it. I want it. But I want okay, it. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that, that will make you a better runner. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a hard time with that because I've got my Garmin, but it's not Garmin music. And no, when I run races, I like to listen to music. So I got my phone. Like, I actually bruised my back after Cornwall because my phone was I can remember that, yeah. hitting against my low back. Yeah. And uh, so I want the Garmin music. And then I'm like, but this Garmin's fine. So I need this to break. Okay. Someone like if the, if I fall or something and the and the face smashes, then I can get a new uh, one. And I and I was not joking when I say that's gonna be a, make you a better runner because you're gonna be happier. Yeah, you're gonna probably train a little more maybe because you have a new watch and you're mm -hmm. gonna obsess with all the statistics and all of that. So I wasn't joking; it wasn't sarcasm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You need to go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> um, and with the proximal hamstring, we already mentioned it, and you that's one of the main things you yeah. mentioned to me. When I have that injury, it's like limit sitting. It's huge. Yeah. But also, you, we need to see the other side of the coin. Because I, I learned this from you. If you are standing up all day, it's like walking a marathon. Yeah. So you're, I, in my case, I have terrible back. I, I always have back pain. I have terrible posture. I try to work on it every time. Uh, but I remember writing to you. I, I've been standing up for half an hour and my back is killing me mm -hmm. right so you need to find that that balance and uh and be aware of that i i think that was a very interesting thing that if you are standing up all day it's like walking a marathon yeah. so that you don't want to give yourself plantar fasciitis you fix your hamstring but now your heel hurts because yeah. you've been standing oh in hours this injury thing is so complicated i know and and i think with the with the limiting sitting like if you can you can kneel on a pillow and yeah. you just put your computer on your desk you can sit on a pillow yeah, that what I Some those option. neck pillows that you use when you fly and stuff like that. That's the one I used. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it and you works. can if you don't have armrest, you can like hang that butt butt cheek like off the edge of the chair and but it really works because the other day I had somebody book in. Normally, when someone books in, they have to book an hour for if it's new, and there was only thirty minutes, so we were in a rush, and so we did the assessment, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is your proximal hamstring tendon, and I was like, I don't have time to do any treatment today, but. Can you just stop sitting for the next week? Like limit your sitting as much as you can. And if you do have to sit, sit with the pillow. That's all I told her to do. And then when she came back in, it, it obviously wasn't gone, but it had gone. It was way better. It was like 50% better just for me telling her not to sit as much. Okay. I drove all the way to Boston with my pillow under my butt. I was, I remember when you said you were driving, I was like, oh God, I was so nervous watching you run that race, but 
you were, no, it, it, it was okay. It I did everything, everything. Yeah. I did massages. I tried to stand up as much as I can. I did exercises. I did whatever I could just to get yeah. ready for that. Funny, um, your hamstring got you at the end of your cycle and mine has me at the beginning of mine. So I don't we'll know see. what I don't know what's what, worse. Exactly. What's <laughs> what's worse about I that? Know. I don't know. I feel like the beginning, because I've got time. It's June. So I've it's worse at the beginning. It. I feel like it's better if you get it at the beginning. Okay. Like yeah. I feel like my situation's better than yours. Like how stressed were you the morning of about whether or not that hamstring was going to cooperate? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But do you have all the I don't know, it, it's strange because I had a great training block. I injured a week before the freaking race. Yeah. So fitness wise I was perfect. I, it was great. Uh, but on the other side, I couldn't run as fast. And in your case, you're not going to feel as fit. Yeah. So there's no right answer. Yeah, yeah. We'll <laughs> see if I'm able to get my goal. See how many minutes you were off yours. And then we'll see how many minutes I am off mine. And then we'll compare. I don't know. For me, Boston is uh, so, uh, it's a really hard race to assess. Yeah. I have no idea if I did a good race or a bad race based on my fitness. I think going sub three for your first Boston ever was pretty... Most people would say that's pretty solid. But a year before I did 224, 224, I wish, 254. Yeah. And it was just like 20 meters of elevation difference. Hmm. I don't know. So that's, yeah. I'm going to write off that time of Boston. I don't know if, I, what, if it was good or bad. Next year, we'll assess. If yeah. I run a 310, it was a perfect race. It was a good... <laughs> if I run a 250, it was a terrible shitty race. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, uh, thank you guys. If you have any further questions about injuries, because this was the three week, three episodes block of injuries. Yeah. Two weeks ago, we did feet and ankles. Last week, we did knees. And now we did hamstring. Is there something about the glute? Or it's, there's no much injuries the hips are, there? Yeah, the hips are a bit more complicated. There are some stuff. But honestly, the treatment's going to be the same. Okay. Unless it's a stress fracture. Scale back, usually run easy, flat, find a volume that is okay and not worse the next day. Strengthen the area. You might need some guidance with that, but it's not with the hip again, not a lot of difference with footwear or anything like that. Okay. And I think one thing I learned during these past two months being injured, it was like at the, I was feeling my pain or my injury in my butt. I remember telling you, it's right here in the glute mid. And after a few tests, and I said, okay, no, it's your. It's your proximal hamstring. Yeah. And it, you just feel it there. Yeah. And that's why people often misdiagnose proximal hamstring tendon because patients come in and they say, my butt hurts. And they go, oh, well, that's your back or your piriformis. Yeah. End of story. But then if you get someone to point, they point right at like their, the crease between the top of their thigh and their butt cheek. And then you do the hamstring loading tests and it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but if you have any further questions, we have the Facebook group, we have the Instagram, we have mm -hmm. the, the web page. Uh, just write to us and we can go deeper into anyone, yeah. anything you want. And uh, if you have suggestions about future podcast episodes, we would love to hear them. Or what are you struggling with? How, what do you think we can help you with? And we're more than happy to do it. So see you next week for another interesting episode, not about injuries. We'll probably end up talking about injuries at some point. Because it's part of a runner's life. Yeah. <laughs> but it's My not... injury, at least, will be discussed. Exactly. Hopefully, you'll be running by then. <laughs> but we will not talk only about running injuries. Yeah. So, thank you very much. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you love it, give it a share. 
please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And visit chasingprs.run for all the latest episodes, get our free newsletter and all the cool running stuff we have there. Thanks for joining.